Welcome back to Free Wide, our once weekly podcast discussing NASCAR. I'm Caleb. I'm Connor. I'm Dad. All right, how we all doing this week? I'm doing good. BK didn't get the win. He did crash out in the later race, but he still he almost won. So almost spring like in East Tennessee, sixty degrees. I'm enjoying it. Uh, not me, not as much. Got a bit of a sore throat, so apologize on the uh, for our listeners for the slightly scratchy voice. But we had the Daytona 500 this past week, and car number 24 gets career win number 24 at year 2024. A lot of 24s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Willie B, Big Hat Byron, Bill Byron, whatever you want to call him, gets the W at Daytona. You know, I seen a stat that said nine different drivers led double digit laps. First time in Daytona 500 history. Also, I thought it was a pretty cool. I thought it was a good, great race. I definitely thought it was a great race. Honestly, did not need the cautions that did it. I believe I read a stat that this race had the second lowest amount of cautions since 2004 or 2005. I want to say that feels weird since the first caution was like lap six, which is very early for an. Yeah, you know, a lot is being said about the whole fuel saving thing, and and you know you've seen different crew chiefs and drivers kind of blasting it, but I mean, you couldn't. Re- I mean, they they didn't talk about it a whole lot on the race cast, but they. I mean, I guess they did some, but I mean, again, I thought it was a great race. I thought it was a great super speedway race. You know, what we've seen in years past is one lane train for the first stage until the stage breaks. But, man, I thought I thought it was pretty racy. I'd agree with you on that one. There's a lot of double digiting. But one thing I did notice that there was some uh, drivers complaining about was that there wasn't really much of a way to build a run to pass until the later stages of the race when it got more racy. It just felt like you were riding around in a two-wide train that was extremely hard to move around in. So a lot of drivers were not very comfortable in those situations from what I have seen online. But other than that, I don't think a lot of people were... uh, I think it was a good race double file, but I think the super speedway tracks are getting better with each race. Yeah, I feel like these super speedway races, they need not like a caution-packed race. They just need a race. Cautions, a few cautions every few stage. So they're they're definitely getting better. Um, There's only... Most of the time, it was... Two wide that are still some action, but it felt like whenever it's single fire file, it feels like it's going on forever. It seems like there's momentum that NASCARs want to change it up a little bit, whether going to smaller fuel cells. I mean, to me, they just started to put a stage break at the end of a you know green flag run on super speedways about thirty five to forty laps. To me, that's when this need to do the. They, maybe these need to do four stage breaks. Um, to, you know, to, and just take fuel mileage out of it. Just let them race the entire time. So, I don't know. We'll see. It looks like NASCAR is going to tweak it a little bit down on super speedways. Yeah, we'll see uh, where that direction takes them. But uh, personally, I think – I personally think we have a fine one as is. I don't – I think, like, it's getting better with each race. I don't think there's a necessarily cause for alarm to change anything rapidly, but I think a small tweak here and there would probably make it a lot better. I just hate it got rained out. I mean, it's yeah. like a bit, there was a lot of momentum. The duels was up. The truck race was up. Um, you know, they, they, they're saying it's a Netflix effect. And then, of course, Xfinity race and the uh, cup race both got rained out. But you pushed to Monday and, uh, you know, I hate it got rained out. I think that was a big, uh, just big loss of momentum for all the all, everyone involved there. Because really, the times they move it to Monday to Monday were not exactly prime time viewing times. I feel like last year, the first few races got rained, got rained too. So this is a... This is an ongoing tradition. Was that the stat you gave me earlier? Six of the first ten races last year were affected by weather? I think that thinks so, yeah. It was a very 
I mean, honestly, if you want to end a drought, just schedule a NASCAR race in your area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. But I think, uh, yeah, the guys say just though it was very. It sucked that uh, we had a lot of uh, just rain in general. Didn't, but at the same time, it also kind of took away a lot of the rubber that was put down from the Friday. So there was a lot more, uh, I guess, of a green track, if you will. So not a lot of rubber was put down. That kind of caused a lot of early wrecks. I mean, we talked about the lap, first lap six wreck. Harrison Burton get way too racy, takes out him, Hosevar, and a few others. He even takes Jimmy out of contention, though not out of the race. Yeah, you did not want to end, end up in that grass. Trying to get out of that grass was a nightmare. Like, if yeah, you got your wheels under it, then you're basically we, stuck. Before we dive into the to the race race, I mean, <clears throat> the only thing I'm kind of disappointed with, I wish NASCAR would tinker with, I really wish they would treat this like, um, I don't know, like Indy 500 does, where they do, you know, they do the. It's almost like a month is dedicated to Indy 500. You know, there's the qualifying, there's the um, where they drop off the fast nine, all that kind of stuff. I really wish NASCAR would do the, you know, the duels. And they would do more practice and they would do different things. I really think they could make this event even bigger. I mean, it is NASCAR Super Bowl, and to me, they are to make it bigger than just two qualifying races and like ten minute practices or thirty minute practices, whatever it is they're doing right now. I mean, to me, you want sometimes I think some of the big wrecks are due to no practice. I'd agree. And honestly, some true. of the some of the cars who were attempting to qualify, I mean, with how much speed they were showing, it was almost pitiful that this right. is what this we could have fixed this with practice. It was it was ridiculous. And we need to have I agree, we need to have speed weeks go back to being, well, speed weeks. Right. Right. But I think uh yeah, just overall though not a lot of just not a lot of... I mean, what do we take away from it? What do we see for every first race? What do we see? Honestly, I don't think there was really a lot we can take away from this race, and we probably won't be able to take away a lot from this or the next race at Atlanta because this is a plate track. It's kind of hard to gauge where everyone is because there's going to be a lot mixed. But one thing I did notice was that... I think I didn't... I think I noticed that uh, the Fords definitely seem to be a little bit... Uh, they seemed to be a little bit mixed. There were some good ones, but there were also not a lot of uh, great, great ones. Well, the Dark Horses, to me, the, the Penske shop was definitely fast. Cindric was fast, Blaney was fast, and Logano was the fastest car a week. Uh, certainly, he got caught up in the wreck. Uh, like you said, a bit of a mixed bag. RFK did not seem as dominant this year as they, as they did last year. Now, but that, four, may, that may change next week at Atlanta. The Ford team that may become the new RFK, Front Row Motorsports. McDowell put it on the front row. Todd Gillen even didn't even have a bad rate. Yes, I agree. Weekend. But uh, the other FRM car for this week, uh, Kaz Grala, was not nearly as uh, fortunate. Yeah, you got Take- took. You got took out on that lap six crash. And even in uh, the qualifying race, he had uh, some failure with uh, uh, shifting. I think he shifted down instead of up, and it blew his engine. So I would agree. I think Ford had kind of a mixed a mixed week, mixed bag a little bit. Toyota's certainly qualified was horrible, and then their racing was they had much <laughs> it's like they flip a switch. Their racing was a lot better. Toy- than the- Toyota's had a lot better race pace than they did out and out lap pace. So Chevy's Chevy's kind of stayed roughly the same, but Ford's had like some good ones, and they had some really really mixed ones. It was mixed bag for Ford. Chevy stayed roughly the same, and the Toyotas had great race pace but awful qualifying pace. Yeah, wasn't the wasn't the first Toyota on the qualifying was twenty second with Eric Jones? Yeah, it was not not a good uh, not a good night for them last Wednesday night. That's for sure. I mean, I'm thinking looking at it now, but Legacy Motor Club was very interesting. Uh, had a horrible qualifying pace, and then 
where it's just kind of nowhere all race. And then uh, they both snuck out, both full-time guys, Nemechek and Jones, snuck out here with a top 10. I mean, that's good for the, That's a good starting point for them for this year. Top 10 Daytona 500. Let's see. If what about Spire? I know Joey, Joey finished fourth. Zane Smith finished 11th. And Josevar finished 13th. And Josevar was dead last. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was taken off in that first wreck. I forgot. So I thought it was a good start for them. Zane Smith's leading the rookie points already. Yep. Uh, uh, as for the other rookies, Josevar, we just mentioned dead last. And then Josh Berry kind of had a really bit of a quiet race. And I guess that's kind of the best thing you really can have here. <laughs> true. Yeah, true. Yeah, he didn't really. He wasn't up well. He was up there for a little bit, for like five laps, maybe. But still, I think uh, though a lot of varying strategies definitely put a lot of people in very interesting spots. Uh, Colley kind of had a really rough go of things. Almondinger at one point was it was really weird for Colley. One, they were not really anywhere. But did he was not a, lead a lap or two there for, there towards the end? Um, yeah, Almondinger led a lap towards the end, but it was kind of a weird thing because at one point Almondinger was all by himself and he was lapping faster than the entire main pack just because he wasn't fuel saving which I thought was a very weird thing I found myself almost kind of rooting for Kyle Busch to pull one out finally him or BK the one I was kind of wanting to see a story Busch uh, certainly had uh, for a while that car the car to beat and then, man was that not nuts he kept that wheel on the whole around the whole track you know they said they did not get the, the wheel secure and he kept that thing on all the way around the track that was one of the wildest things i ever think i've ever seen i just i just think he wasn't really like gunning it or anything i think he just kind of kept it at a smooth pace i mean one thing about kyle bush is he's a lot calmer now that he's no longer at jgr must be a 3g must be yeah. <laughs> or the or the or zone the, yeah and the nicotine pa- patches. Paired with that Morgan Morgan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still mm. think that's the best sponsor trio in the. In it's certainly world. interesting. That's for sure. That's a, that's a mixed bag there. That's for sure. Want to know who was not calm? The Hendrick cars who finished one two. Uh, they caused some uh, very interesting pushes that led to a big, led to a pretty uh, nasty sized crash of about ten laps to go. Shady pushers. Shady pushers. Bowman pushed Byron, which basically wrecked by about sixty percent of the field. Yeah, at least involved at least a good chunk of the field, and that was just kind of really took out a lot of the really good like front runners. Kozlowski, Logano were both out of it. Um, Chase looked good. Chase looked good. Hit him. Larson uh, bled some laps. I mean, Hendrick, like you said, a good weekend for Hendrick for sure. Yeah, question, didn't, didn't crash a bunch of cars, and they all finished in the top fifteen. Questionable push from Bowman forces Byron to. To crash into Brad Kozlowski, forcing him to wreck and get out of the race and misses. I wonder if that thing stays green, Bowman don't win. I mean, he was clearly going to pass Byron. There was a sh- there was a few shots from what I heard that at the last lap, there was some shots that were arguing that Bowman was ahead of Byron whenever yeah, I think the caution light I'd came I'd seen out. Bob Pockrass saying there was a, there's like a timer, like once NASCAR hits the caution, there's some sort of overhead, like almost like a drone shot. Uh, where the cars are positioned, that's how they use to place cars. And it clearly, clearly showed Byron was ahead. But, yeah, for, uh, for a while, because I don't think they ever showed it until um, – I don't think they showed it until like two, day, two or which, so days Right, which is race. dumb. They should have showed, the, uh, showed that on the broadcast. Yet another dumb. Fox failure. Yeah, I think I think if Ross Chastain, if he doesn't get turned by Austin Cindric, he's winning that race if he doesn't get turned by him. I would agree with that, but at the same time, Chastain went down, Sindrick came up, it was really too fast of a block for anybody, and then both of them wrecked. Chastain took accountability until he found out it wasn't his fault, 
And then I'm sure people are still blaming Ross Chastain for the yeah, for the move. Hey, that was he. He drove. He was definitely the strongest car the last half of the race. I mean, he he was strong. Yeah, all the guys, Logano, BK, Byron, they were all trying to pass Chastain. Chastain was blocking all positions at once, and he still gets blamed for the wreck. I guess uh, it's really kind of really the big thing from the 500. Again, there wasn't too many action, but at the same time, that was a good thing because it kind of let the green flag racing really do the talking and really kind of just give, give people like the whole green flag full speed frill, I guess. But... Atlanta's coming up. Atlanta's kind of weird because it's going to be very similar to Daytona because they're both going to be restrictor play tracks, but Atlanta's also... so when they re- Way pay, more narrow. Way narrower, and it also behaves a lot more like a hybrid of super speedway and intermediate, and both produce very good, very good, respectable racing with the next gen, so I think it'll be a good race, but... Uh, also, it's also... Sh- age, the new pavement is actually aging a lot faster. Yeah, the bad part, you know, Daytona, it doesn't have like the curve, like the curve on the front. I'll, the trioval. Like, yeah, the trioval. The Atlanta track is like, it's not straight. It's not like a trioval. Trioval. It's like the Las Vegas type thing. With it. Kind of like the dog leg. I think they would call it. Yeah. There. But I mean, listen, Atlanta got a lot of hate last year. I thought both races were great. Atlanta. I mean, they was capacity. You know, I think the fall race or the summer race, whenever it was, um, you know, they was racing towards the rain or whatever. So the whole race was nuts. You know, and I thought the spring race last year was good. I, if, mean, I thought both races are great. If Mother Nature doesn't involve with that summer race, BK probably wins that. I seen. I think it's zero percent chance of rain Sunday. So, yay, we'll get to see a race Sunday. Uh, yeah, that is certainly true. That definitely will uh, actually get people watching at the scheduled time. I think Atlanta's again. It's going to be very. Good to see. I think Lana's going to be. If I remember, did Byron win this race last year in the spring? Byron won in the summer. Logano won in the spring. Okay, that's okay. Gotcha. So, again, look for both those guys to be up near the front, especially with the fact that Hendrick seems to have finally gotten a decent plate package together and not wrecked half their cars before the end of the race. But, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out. Also, keep an eye out for Corey LaJoy. He's very good at. Yes, his finishes since uh, the new. since the new Atlanta configuration, two finishes of fourth, and he almost won the race in 2022. That's, which is the race that Chase won, right? Chase but won. Then, but Chase, he's basically he, a lot of people was hating Chase because they thought they wrecked, he wrecked LaJoy. But, he I threw mean, he a block just, at LaJoy, and LaJoy right. hit the wall. Right. We didn't that was see, not Chase's fault. We didn't see it very much at Daytona 500, but we could see it at Atlanta, the RFK duo, which when they get together, they are dangerous. Blatant RFK fanboyism. <laughs> <laughs> but the stats show it. I will not argue that, but at the same time, they weren't exactly strong at Daytona. So let's keep our, let's temper they were def- our expectations. They were strong last year at Atlanta. I'm sure. Of course, we we said you know before we're curious if if RFK plateaued last year and or if they keep getting better. You know, Trackhouse kind of plateaued last year and got stuck after a great year. I'm curious to see what um, RFK does. Agree with you on that one. Let's take a first little quick little break, and then when we come back, we'll be discussing the Xfinity and the Truck Series side of things. (laughs) 
All right, we are back from our break, and now we are going to move into field fillers. This is a segment where we discuss both the Xfinity and the Truck Series side of things. So let's start off with the Xfinity Series, the other race that was delayed on Monday night, a race that, as is tradition, is a Daytona race won by Austin Hill. Yeah, this man has been dominating dominating Daytona the Daytona race for since he's been in the you know, Xfinity. Plate tracks in general. Yeah, he's been really good. RCR in general has just been really good there. Big country. Big country, Austin Hill. Agree with you on that one, but finishing right behind Austin Hill was uh, the guy who lives rent-free in Austin Hill's head, Sheldon Creed. Well, I mean, before we move on, I mean, think about, you're talking about RCR being fast. Jesse Love was yeah. on the pole. This was his first career <laughs> 650 race, and he put the car on the pole. Yeah, but he crashed three times. Well, it wasn't really his fault. Two of those were not his fault, and then I think one like kind of well, was. Yes, I agree. So uh, I think that car's going to be fast all year. And RCR is probably the best Chevrolet team in Xfinity. Would you not disagree? I would not disagree. I'd argue they're right up there with J- JRM. Right. But JRM does not have the I think RCR has been better than – yeah, I think RCR was better than them last year, really. And uh, so Austin Hill definitely early favorite to win the championship. The guy's phenomenal at the plate tracks. And uh, we'll see how Jesse Love does this year. You may say it's too early, but I think Jesse Love might be a championship. He dominated Arca. Dominated Arca, but he's also a very aggressive driver. A lot of the aggressive stuff he pulled in Arca may also not fly in Xfinity. I could easily see him making the playoffs, but I don't know about championship four. But, uh, yeah, again, as I mentioned earlier, finishing second to Austin Hill was the guy who lives in Austin Hill's head (laughs) rent-free, Sheldon Creed. (laughs) Who, uh, That's a statement, buddy. Just bare. I felt like had that race gone greed, had they not wrecked, I think Sheldon Creed probably could have made a move on him. I think I said could have, but I don't know if it would have stuck. I mean, possibly because I mean Austin Hill. If you think about it, his car was halfway taped up, and he still won the race. That's how fast our car was. I think you mean Jesse Love. Well, I did. Austin has some tape on his right front. He had a smidge, and I think he got spun, but I don't think there was really much tape on the car. But still. You still beat all the Toyotas. That is true, and you beat all and you beat all the Fords. Right, and you beat most importantly Sheldon Creed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Sheldon Creed had a very he had a very quiet first half of the race, and then as the second rate as the second half of the race came in, he kind of started moving positioning himself well and got himself towards the front and got himself in a position to where he could keep all the big wrecks behind him. But someone else who had a very strong performance, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, we thought this guy was a road course racer. Turns out he can do it all. The super speedway racing, he's doing we, pretty good. I think we talked about last year. We were like, what are they thinking by putting him in a plate tracks? I mean, they put him in Talladega, Daytona. But as you said, I mean, poor guy got caught up in three different incidents and still finished pretty good. Yeah, still finished pretty good. The biggest thing that we saw, from, the biggest thing that I caught from SVG was that his radio was very quiet. But, this, but when he did talk, he was always like, thanks, man. Thanks for the advice. Uh, what to do now? My bad. Yeah, he's very appreciated. He, he finished 12th. He was caught up in three different accidents and finished 12th. Again, I think SVG is a very... I, I can see SVG as a sleeper Final Four pick, honestly. Let's... Oh, let's come on time. Let's temper expectations. <laughs> I can see him at I least getting... I see him getting, play playoffs. I see him getting at least a few wins at the road courses. No doubt about it. I hate to play dumb, but is, does he, is he racing a full Xfinity schedule? And yep. he's just racing seven cup races, right? He's racing the full Xfinity Cup season the with full Colleg. Xfinity with Colleg. season with Colleg the 97 and he's doing a couple select 
Cup races with colleagues 16. Uh, to me, the story of the race was Jordan Anderson racing. Yeah. Almost winning the race <laughs> with Jordan Anderson, whose crew chief was supposed to be Larry McReynolds, but in a cruel twist of fate, Fox Sports decides, uh-uh, you go to Charlotte, Larry, and they have to get him. We need more McNuggets. Yeah. More McNuggets, please. The fridge was running low. But that, that was a heck of a race for them, third and fourth. Third and fourth, and even uh, Jeb Burton was up there for a good majority of the race. And then Burton threw some aggressive blocks and kind of got fell back. SVG took him out. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, like, I could – you know what? Jordan Anderson Racing, I think, to me, is a sleep is – a, is a team a lot like uh, the Ryan Sieg and uh, Jeremy Clements Racing. The teams that are very – that are – fringe playoff contenders like they'll always be like right at the cut line and in some cases will make the playoffs like ryan sieg jeremy clements have both made it in on points before and i can see jordan anderson potentially pointing their way in with either jeb burton or parker retzloff you know i said austin hill should be the favorite but is aj omniger the favorite honestly i'm gonna tell you this probably not really I think he's won a probably championship four. I, I mean, don't they got a solid win. Xfinity program. They do have a solid Xfinity program. He's but been solid in the Xfinity program. And I will agree. He has been solid. I think he can get like maybe a win. At, he'll get a few wins at road courses, but Colleague's Oval Package is not as good as their road. He finished top 10 both Xfinity and Cup. I mean, that's, that's pretty solid. I agree with you on that one. But again, it's hard to really gauge where Colleague's speed is because of the plate tracks. Yeah, we'll don't forget AJ. This man raced in Port last year. He raced in Portland, then flies over the to uh, that Gate City track. Gateway. 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 <laughs> <laughs> is he is McClung racing over in Gate City? Yeah, but but he flies back to that place and finishes tenth. Gets a top ten while having to race at Portland too. If you on that one, uh, I think uh, my least favorite part of the Xfinity race, however, was the Fox Sports booth because they brought RCR director of competition Andy Petrie, <laughs> and I kid you not, that entire race he c- would not keep RCR out of his mouth. Like he kept go- he kept sucking up to RCR the entire race. These RCR cars are so good. I don't oh, know yeah. that I quite watched the same race you did. There was some in there. I don't know. You, you were certainly triggered. The, that most of it nine, but I I don't know. That I watched the same race you did. I, it's, I mean, there was definitely some, but not as. I mean, Alan Alexander mentions Austin Hill, and you hear Andy Peach going, "Oh yeah, Austin Hill's a great guy, great guy. I've loved working with him. <laughs> great teammates, him and Sheldon Creed. No, yeah, 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 yes, obviously. Great diff- teammates. We must have watched different Martinsville races. <laughs> <laughs> Who Andy Peach went in charge of Sheldon Creed, right? Yeah, just but, about speared him down there. Yeah, that was. Uh, and then, to be fair, Andy Petrie did admit he was wrong to Sheldon Creek because they did find a part failure at that race. But we're getting off topic here. Just, <laughs> again, it was not my no, not the Xfinity Series' brightest moment. But you know what else wasn't bright for NASCAR? The Truck Series Ooh. race. Ooh. Oh, it, this, tr- this race, it was either there were, you were under caution or there was being side-by-side commercials. I, I said I told you all that night, they have no business being on super speedway tracks. And you know what? I agree, I wholeheartedly agree with yeah, you. Yeah, they should just be like a short track only. They're, Bubba, just, they're just wasting money at that when point. When Bubba Wallace comes onto the track after the race and basically is calling out Raja Carruth, you know it's bad. And when Bubba Wallace <laughs> In front of the cameras. <laughs> And when Bubba Wallace is right, you know you've screwed up. <laughs> yeah, so that that race was a hot mess. That was a hot mess. That race. I mean, 
hats off to Nick Sanchez. Not easy winning in a truck series race where everyone's wrecking 24-7, but again, hats off to him for winning. Hats off to... That was a lot of money set on fire that night. I would agree. Kyle Busch with his most expensive race of the year shirt, (laughs) laughing his way to the bank probably. Man. Oh, I forgot bad. about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Those shirts. That was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, I think uh, there was that, a lot of, there was some really weird things like Ankrum was ahead at times and then there was like, the Nice trucks had like some speed and then they had all got involved in like at least five different separate incidents. And then, but like. At least five. Yeah, at least five. But <laughs> there was some trucks that like showed up and then Sanchez shows up late and then he was at, I felt like he was the fastest truck at the time he wrecked, so I felt like he kind of deserved to win that one. And then, thankfully, and then thankfully it ended. It ended, and then thankfully the Arca race ended too, without much. <laughs> we weren't even going to that one. Let's yeah, not we even. Tr- we're not even going to no. try to go on no. that one. But really, that's really about does it for field fillers. When we come back, we actually have a new segment to introduce. Ooh, spicy. All right, we are back from our break, and it is time to introduce a brand new segment. But before we do, wait, what's that? We got bad blood. You know we used to be bad love. So take a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. That's right, I'm Mama, and I'm bringing the drama. Whoa. That's right. For this segment, we're going to be introducing some, we're going to be talking about discussing some of the conflicts that have occurred throughout the past week. We like to call this segment Mama Drama. So I'll be spilling the tea about all the emotions that ran wild at each week's race. So starting off with Daytona. Now Daytona, as far as racing goes, everyone's expected to race hard. So the drivers don't really, I guess, fuss with each other whenever they do that. So drama there. Not really that much. However, in Thursday night's duels race, there was a little bit of a hint of some future drama that could be brewing. Ryan Blaney. He was not happy with Kozlowski and his pushing. (laughs) Shady pushers. Shady pushers. Shady pushers. RFB. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, he was quoted as saying that this was the, what, the third or fourth time that his race has ended because people don't know how to push. I mean, Blaney, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. Was that that was the duels last year? He hit the wall at seventy G's, right? Or was that the duels? Or was that a different race? That was a na- that was Nashville. That's right, Nashville. But he hit the wall Thursday night, fifty five G's. And then he hit the same. And then he hit one of the similar wall and the fall race at about sixty G. So yeah, he's you got you got two former champions that haven't won the Daytona five hundred. Of course, they're going to be idiots out there, rednecks. So he was not happy with Kozlowski. No, I mean he is the reigning champion and he's coming into the daytona 500 with not the car that he prepared for the daytona 500 he had what two days to get a car ready that's true yeah that's true that's true so all that leads to some bad blood brewing (laughs) speaking of bad blood (laughs) well we said in full speed we've seen blaney is a fiery guy and you, you definitely touch the right buttons like you said he's tired of being wrecked and um it definitely bowled over on in the in front of the camera. Again, he, he definitely gets a little bit intense on the radio. <laughs> again, as I said, RFB. In Daytona, you know, does it really get a pass 
do people just kind of let it go as hard racing? I mean, they all know that they're going to go for the win, and it's kind of it's one mistake leads to about 20 cars wrecked, so it's kind of really hard to begrudge people for making simple mistakes that can lead to you know, multi-car accidents. Now, if someone blatantly wrecks somebody that caused a 20-car wreck, now, yeah, there is going to be problems, but for the most part, going for rough, aggressive isn't exactly... I guess it's frowned upon, but like they're not gonna they're not gonna say they weren't gonna do it in they're the They're not gonna they call you shows. out on it. Yeah. The only thing I can remember calling out was did Graxon get mad at um Chastain at yeah. Talladega last Talladega year? Talladega last year. I swear, Which to be fair, half that was Gregson's fault. That was clear. Gregson's fault. Yeah, that was Gregson's fault. But yep. Chastain is a polarizing driver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the He's moves, a different breed. The moves driver. he makes, he gets called out on it no matter what. If that had been Earnhardt Senior, would we even be talking about no, some of those moves? Not. Is that the is that the race where he slapped slapped Noah Gregson? No, is that Kansas? Kansas is where he punched Gregson, which to be fair, Gregson had it coming. Stupid yeah, bowl cut. Stupid bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to be punched for that bowl haircut. Right? Just for that alone. In fact, I remember I saw a thing where Gregson went up to Michael McDowell and offered to give him a pay for his haircut when he when they had beef at the clash. <laughs> so I agree with mom. That is definitely something to watch with with Blaney and, and Kozlowski and a few of those. That's that's definitely something to watch. I mean, Blaney was quoted of saying, "I'm tired of being pushed pushed around." I think Mama's probably going to be visiting Logano and Ty Gibbs yeah. at That'll some point this season. Too. Started That'll last year at Martinsville, continued this clash. year in the clash with Ty Gibbs being quoted of saying. I've watched you do this all the time since I was a kid. And you know what Logano was reported to have uh, replied with? Keep watching. Keep watching. Speaking of keep watching, Bristol is coming up soon, and we know that is a place where drama brews heavy. What's the race in between Bristol and uh, Las Atlanta? Vegas. Las Vegas. Is it Vegas? I think it's Vegas. I believe it is Las, Las Vegas. So Bristol is the first race on the East Coast other than Daytona. Okay. Uh, no, uh, after Vegas, then it's Phoenix. Then we got Bristol. Then we got the fifth Bristol. race of the season. Still first race. So let's hope that um, let's hope that um, that it's not snowing, raining, whatever there, at, uh, Bristol, because that's the spring race. It seems like it's always something crazy going on. The, the concrete's back, so we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Agree with you on that one. Uh, let's uh. Without without further ado, it's time to put a cap on the first edition of Mama Drama. But don't worry, we'll be back. Oh, I'll be back. <laughs> She'll be back all right. But uh, let's take a quick little break, and we'll move on to our predictions for the next week. All right, we are back from our break, and it is time to do some predictions. Now... At, for the first week of the clash, Dad came out on top with his pick of Denny Hamlin. Oh yeah, beating beating your favorite driver, and <laughs> which has been retired, which has since <laughs> been retired. Connor's pick did not go as well, and my pick uh, was a risk, and I knew it, and I knew it didn't pay off. Well, Blaney finished third. It wasn't that bad. To be fair, and then Ryan Priest would just Ooh. go up to eleventh <laughs> and then fall to twentieth. So does that mean I get to go first? I think that does mean you get to go first. He is also leading our standings one to nothing all. Well, speaking of mama drama, I'm going to say Logano. Ooh, strongest car at Daytona. I think he's. I think he's going to bring that same car to, or same setup. I should say to Atlanta, and I think he's going to be the strongest car. Logano mm-hmm. next week. All right, we'll go with you since you finished second. I don't know. Do I want to be risky or do I not want to be risky? 
I'm gonna choose risky. So I'm gonna pick Chase Elliott because he's been good here in <laughs> Chase Elliott. Well, he's, he's won. He's won a land yeah, before. He's been pretty good at Atlanta. Well, I'm for my pick. Love I'm you, gonna Mom, take Levy Alley. For my pick, I'm gonna take a look at the stats. His bet. His best finishes are four, two fourth place finishes, and in one race he was wrecked going for the win. My pick is Corey LaJoy. Atlanta is his fire track. Is, is he, if he's going to win with Spire, he's going to probably gonna be this track, do, probably. Yeah, gonna yeah, be Atlanta. He does not so, have a win right in Cup. Yeah. does not have a win in Cup. I feel like he's going to go for it. But I think the question is, can he get teammates that will help him? But at the same time. Very true. Very true. But, yeah, that about does it for predictions. Once again, thank you all so much for watching uh, this week's episode of Free Wide. Watching. Well, I guess. (laughs) Watching. But we'll see y'all next week after Atlanta. Peace. Peace